fun stories ahead, and by fun stories, I mean I found my Guitar Hero World Tour guitar in storage, mm-hmm. which means I can play Guitar Hero 2 and 3 and Aerosmith whenever I get it. Um, fun fact about Guitar Hero 2, uh, it does not have visual lag calibration. <laughs> it only has audio lag calibration. Oh. So... I tried calibrating it for probably like an hour last night, and that game is impossible to calibrate if your TV has like any more than 10 milliseconds input delay. It's built for CRTs, you say? Yes, it it was very much a PS2 game that was ported to Xbox 360. I'm gonna have to straight up like plug it into my PC monitor and just like plug in a speaker to the PC monitor and hope for the best. Because, like, that's the only way I'm going to get to play that game and, like, full-game FC it, which is already going to be a task. Uh, the game also, like, obviously looks pretty different from, like, Guitar Hero 3 and anything later. Um, in that the uh, note gems are, like, way paler and less saturated than in the other ones. With, with the extremely saturated, like, note highways... Makes it very hard to read and distinguish notes, <laughs> depending on which character you're playing. Yeah, I feel like I remember not enjoying that game. I like Guitar Hero 2 a lot. <laughs> I do think the only- like, I think Rock Band's the only one I, I ended up enjoying because I'm not a huge fan of the guitar. That's fair. Like, it's- like, it's fine, and, you know, I can have fun playing it, but overall, I think I just- it's, like, my- third slash fourth option whenever the option's given that's totally fair i i like playing guitar i would rather be playing drums but um unfortunately i live on a third floor apartment i i am figuring out some solutions though it's just matter of money because like um the biggest problem is the kick pedal uh, mm-hmm. Because it just causes a lot of vibrations to happen in the floor. So there's actually like a solution for that, which is you can literally buy these things called noise eaters that act. It's basically just like a pad with like, um, oh God, what's the word I'm looking for? It, it, it's got kind of like a bumpy like side that goes on the floor. And mm-hmm. basically you put the pedal on that and it, it essentially causes it to not vibrate the floor nearly as much, making it much, much quieter and much more suitable for, like, playing in an apartment building. Uh, So I'm going to get one of those when I have the money. I'm probably also going to see what I can do to eliminate cymbal noise, because I want to fucking play drums on Rock Band. (laughs) I miss it. Have you attempted putting the pedal on a piece of cardboard, and then that piece of cardboard has a bunch of piece of like um, towels on it, and then another piece of cardboard, and then the pedal? I have not, but also my drum set is not in the apartment right now, so I haven't thought of that. That right. could work though. Could be like a pretty simple like fix that wouldn't cost me sixty dollars. So yeah. Well, it's, it's definitely going to reduce the vibrations. I don't know if it'll reduce them enough. Yeah, we'll, we'll uh, have to see. It will 
it will also absolutely like change the foot feel of the pedal for sure for sure for sure yeah because like the only reason i'm like this worried about it is because like when i initially got the drum set and i wasn't playing rock band because i didn't have like rock band stuff set up Mm -hmm. um is i i was initially just playing drums and like it was no fucking issue as long as i wasn't playing for like over an hour or two but like the first time I tried playing rock band with this drum set, uh, with Nova, uh, somebody within five minutes just like came up to the door and this was like 4 PM on a Saturday. And I'm sure they like had like a night shift or something. And that's why, mm-hmm. but like, they were like, Hey, I can't fucking sleep. And I'm like, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> like it is the weekend, but I, I respect it. Please don't be mean to me. <laughs> Well, so what you do is you test it. You go, hey, neighbor, I'm about to perform a test. Can you please let me know if there's any noise that comes through on your end? And th- and then you perform the test. But you, like, make sure that they're aware of it. That's, that, that, that is a good plan. Uh, the problems with this. Uh, I do not know this neighbor. Uh, and I do not know which apartment he lives in. I only... I mean, I can assume the one beneath me. But... Uh, the only ones I know for sure are not this neighbor are the ones directly on left and right of my, my apartment, because I know the one on left houses, like, a family of, like, five, which is wild to me, because it's, like, a one bed, one bath. Um, like, I, I get it, you gotta do what you gotta do, but it's still wild to me, like. Yeah. Uh, the other one I know houses, uh, two people who are like pretty friendly and like we actually have each other's numbers but alas uh probably the one beneath me but also i have social anxiety so we'll see how that goes that's fair uh we should do our show though because these episodes were pretty good this is it'll wash out i'm your co-host lily and I'm your co-host, Sam. I forgot the Bleach Rewatch podcast part, but, you know, like, what else is now? It's fine. That might be the first that, time. That is, w- <laughs> that is what we be. That is what we be. We do be a Bleach Rewatch podcast, is the thing. I liked these episodes, and for some reason, I did not save the episode title of this episode, and I don't know why. Uh, episode 164, Ishida Strategy. 22nd offense and defense thank you thank you i don't know why i didn't save it because i was pretty sure i'd copy pasted it but i guess not but we open on uryu and renji fighting one of xyle's fraction as uryu's bow disappears pretty sure most of this is like recap uh but then it goes into renji saying it's uryu's job to find the weaknesses since it's what he's good at uryu's like i have something already uh, the two lightly bicker a little bit as Zyle stands before them, and Uduyu asks how long Renji can stall Zyle, and Renji's like, uh, like, 20 seconds? Maybe? Tops? He's like, yeah, he's in a spot, and I'm kind of beat to shit, you know? Oh, so, one thing, last week, we fell into Kubo's trick. We fell into he Kubo's trick? He got us? Kubo's trick. He got us. Renji was like, hey, Uryu, it's it's your thing to find weaknesses. And we went along with it, because, like, yeah, that's an Uryu thing. He's a smart one with glasses. But I was thinking about it this morning. Mm-hmm. 
when has this ever been an Uryu thing? <laughs> like, literally ever. <laughs> I Other mean, than the Mod Souls in the, bo- in the Bout Arc, Uryu has never had to do a puzzle fight, or find anybody's weaknesses. Because I'm, I'm thinking he's fought Mayuri, and like, when he fought Mayuri, I guess he didn't really have to find weaknesses, did he? Because I know he did, like, his, like, powerful, I'm gonna lose my all power, like, all of my Quincy powers move, and then he didn't really have to search for weaknesses. Um, So his fight with Mayuri, the two fights in the bout arc, and his fight with, um, Cindervici? Cindervici? Yeah. His, and his recent fight. It's not about, like, tricks so far. It's always been about, like, unveiling a new piece of technology that, like, turns the tide in his favor. Yeah, and, like, he does, I will say, he does, in those fights, at least point out one major flaw the opponent has that he has, like, discovered. So, like, I think that could be what Renji's getting at here, but he definitely does not have to analyze all the weaknesses of every enemy. Yes, he's, it's not that he's the strategist who scans the enemy and finds the weak spot. He's the chemist who uses mix and pulls out the right item at the right time. You're so right. <laughs> it's it's pretty good, though. Like, I do like this. Um, Uryu is like, I bet, 20 seconds, let's go. That's enough time. Let's fucking do it. And Zyle's just like, all right, Fraction, just don't interfere. It's exciting right now i'm about to witness what they can do in this state just let's experiment let's see where this goes and i'm like okay zyle you be your little freak self yeah he's like oh (laughs) uh, they're preparing a gift for me (laughs) (laughs) meanwhile peche stealthily in quotes enters the battle site by sliding down a wall very loudly and then hitting his crouch on hitting his crotch on a rock he laments the fact that he no longer has a straight man to play the fool with. So instead, he's just sitting here being, like, kind of an idiot. Uh, he senses immense spiritual pressure before realizing how bad the situation is. But then he sees Donjachaka's foot sticking out from some rubble. And he's like, oh my god. Are we not friends anymore? Because he, like, clearly got in this battle with somebody else. And, like, that would that was an us thing. Like, we would look stupid together. Uh, so... <laughs> He attempts to sneak by so we can reach Don Chaka, and, like, he's trying to be stealthy and, like, determine, like, how much attention the Fraction are, like, paying to him. Uh, and one of them mistakes him for a cockroach, like, just his spiritual pressure for a cockroach, and he's just freaking the hell out while the other Fraction are like, what the hell are you freaking out about? It's a cockroach. Yeah, they're like, what the fuck? Why do you care? You're a giant. And she's like, it doesn't matter. Those things fly, man. <laughs> it's really good, honestly. Um, as he approaches Dondachaka, he's like, you know, maybe I want them to notice me, like, a little bit. But uh, as he's, like, still trying to be quiet, Dondachaka just, like, bursts out of the, ra- the rubble and, like, it's just very loudly and tearfully crying and screaming about Peche being here. And then Peche's like, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. And like hits him in the face with his butt. And then as he does this, he starts yelling at Dondachaka and Dondachaka goes silent. And then is like, Peche, you have to be quiet. And this is when the Fraction notice. 
it is good shit, to say the least. I was in- entertained. I had to watch this segment twice because I forgot to take notes the first time. <laughs> um, because I was laughing a lot during this stupid... I love Pesce, like, this recurring bit that Pesce is aware that he's just playing the fucking idiot, but he's doing it because he's got such a, like, really good, like, Manzai duo straight man act going on with Uryu. Yes! And, that, and now he's like... Oh, I feel kind of lonely now that I don't have someone to, like, rebuke me when I'm playing the idiot. It's it's really good, honestly. I really like Pesce when he's, like, in this mode, as opposed to, like, the weird pervert mode we saw him during the Saruchi fight. Like, yeah. this mode's good. I like this. Uh, <laughs> the Fraction take notice and are, like, about to attack, but they're all blown away by Renji twirling his sword around. Uh, this part's fun. Uh, Zyle claims this is only brute force as expected, and then blocks a blow from Renji, uh, before suddenly getting grabbed by the collar, uh, and Renji ensnares both of them in Zabimaru's blade, and Zyle's just like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, I don't have time for this. Why are you mumbling? Stop mumbling. And Renji's just, like, chanting a spell. (laughs) It's so He's just mumbling under his breath, but you're like, wait a second, I recognize this. (laughs) And Zyle's just like, what the fuck are you mumbling? Just talk to me. Fucking speak out loud. And Renji's like, listen, I can hurt you a little from point blank range. I was never that good at keto. And, you know, I can never really control the spells. Because, you know, they'd, they'd always explode. So, of course, here Renji is with Shakaho. And we all go up in flames. <laughs> He's like, I'm. they would scold me because it would just explode immediately, but it doesn't matter if it explodes immediately if it's in your face. It's so good, is the thing. And the animation here is actually genuinely pretty sick. Renji collapses, Xyle is visibly hurt at least a bit, and he starts, like, cursing Renji for actually, like, marking him. And then is like, alright, I'm here to monologue about your tendencies. <laughs> and... You see, this is perfect, because Zyle loves editing the wiki, but Uryu is simply out here analyzing his opponent's behaviors and making the hard reads. See, Uryu read Jojo Part 2 in between his last fight and this one. (laughs) I haven't seen Jojo Part 2 in fucking forever, so this means nothing to me. Uryu read Jojo Part 3 and was like, damn, this Joseph guy is really cool. I I will simply believe you. I I will simply believe you. Zyle asks if Uryu thinks he's won, and Uryu's like, yeah, fucking course I do. And he pushes Seal Schneider. Wow, I fucked that pronunciation up. And he pushes Seal Schneider into the ground, creating a binding that snares the Arankar. Zyle freaks the fuck out, saying he thought he sealed all of Uryu's weapons, but as it turns out, Zal didn't know everything about Uryu's weapons, so alas, he cannot seal the seal. <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to get, include that pun. I had to. It's not even pronounced seal. It, it, what is it, seal? It's sale. Sale? Yes. Well, it's y- a German word. I Listen, I'm not German. I don't know these things. 
I swear to God, you didn't pronounce it this way. <laughs> Maybe. I swear to God, you pronounced it seal. I. Somebody go back. Somebody go back in the episodes. Go back to where this weapon first fucking came up during the Saruchi fight. And tell us how Sam pronounced it. I need to know. No, see, go back and then say I was right, regardless of what the answer is. <laughs> Fuck off. We're not doing this. Give me the facts. <laughs> God. Uh, Uryu says it's over as he pours the liquid on the binding blade, and blue energy erupts from the binding, creating a huge explosion with Xyle screaming in the middle. Peshe asks about the technique Uryu just used, and Uryu says it was Sprenger, a technique that destroys everything within the circle he drew with, with the Ginto and Sele Schneider. Is that better? Is that better for you? Yes. I'm not pushing back against your pronunciation of Sailor. I'm pro- I'm pushing back against trying to rhyme it with Seal. It. I wasn't trying to rhyme it. I was making a pun. <laughs> so that's what it was. The pun was the rhyming. Okay, whatever. <laughs> the important part is... Udu pulled out the same little capsule things that he was using when he was completely depowered and fighting against Hollows and his dad, and it's cool. It is cool. It looks fucking dope. <laughs> I'm so into it. Like, this huge beam, like, erupts from the binding seal, and it, it's sick. I'm so into it. We're eating good on Bleachcast this week. Uh, We're not the only ones that are eating good. Oh my hey. god. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> so, basically, he can use this method because Celia Schneider, I'm going to pronounce this differently every time just to drive you fucking insane. Um, he, Celia Schneider, fuck, shit. Anyway, it can re- store Reishi within its heel. I can't say words. I'm including all of this in the podcast, but it can store Reishi within yourself. its hilt. <laughs> what? What was that? You played yourself. I did play myself, is the thing. <laughs> In the event of a battle where the enemy that can defuse Reishi, he can use this method of, like, storing Reishi within the hilt of the blade to temporarily, like, revive it. Uh, so he used this to draw a Quincy Zaishen. Zaishen? I don't fucking know. There are a lot of words here, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> and... By pouring a drop of the condensed reishi onto the circle, that's what created the explosion. He says it's difficult to use because it takes so long, and he can't use it in one-on-one battles. Uh, he's like, thankfully, I had someone I could trust. Thanks, Renji. And Renji's like, don't fucking flatter me. Well, Renji's like, on the floor, still <laughs> smoking, and he he's basically doing the, like, dead body gives you a thumbs up. Like It's really good. Uh, Zyle, however, is only hurt. He's not dead. Uh, and he's standing in the smoke, and he's just like, damn. 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 And he just starts swearing over and over and over. Uh, but all the Fraction are just fucking ecstatic to see him standing. Uh, Zyle's like, I fucking told you. I studied everything about your spiritual pressure. Meaning everything you use, even if I didn't recognize the attack, 
I can still disperse the reishi and lessen the damage, which is the most bullshit answer I've ever heard to anything ever. But you know, well, no, it's he ga- he gave himself a type advantage against Uryu. That's fair. That's fair. I do like it. It's just bullshit is the thing. It's anime <laughs> bullshit. It is it is definitely anime bullshit. Like I like it a lot, but god. Uh he grabs one of the fraction Lumina uh, and slams him into the ground, you know, very normally, and then turns his body into a small purple orb that he eats. And, it, and mm-hmm. he just goes to town on that thing. <laughs> yeah, no, he just fucking starts chomping. My boy is just out here eating this food of his friend. Not his friend, his subordinate. They're not friends. I don't think they're friends. Um, it heals his injuries rapidly, and then the other Fraction who looked similar to this one calls out for his friend Lumina, but Zyle tells him to stop fussing and that he'll make a new one later, before explaining to Uryu that he had said that his Octava Fraction are special. They're all medicine, and he can eat any of them to heal, and this is extremely fucked up. It's really fucked up. The So we never talk about the, like next time on gags uh but the one for this episode is xyle like just explaining that each of them has a different flavor like one of them tastes like american food one of them is korean food one of them is like fried chicken he's like a willy wonka of people so he's a willy wonka yes (laughs) (laughs) xyloporo doing the fucking was it Th- Timothy Chalamet who did the no? I don't who know. did the new uh, the Wonka thing? The new one? Yeah. Like, are you talking about the actor for Wonka himself, or yes? So, how new are we talking? Because I only know of the original, and then like the two thousand six remake. That's that's that two thousand six remake is. So I randomly put out the name Timothy Chalamet. Turns out. There is a Wonka movie coming out next year starring Timothy Chalamet. Okay, alright, sure. Yeah, because the only remake I was thinking of was the one starring, I I believe, Johnny Depp, unfortunately. Oh, yeah, that would be it. Yeah. Um. Not great. I, I remember explicitly that movie giving me nightmares. But, you know, so it is with Willy Wonka and Xyloporo. <laughs> But yeah, I guess we're just getting another Wonka movie. Okay, sure. Wonka cast, here we go. Whatever I, you say, Hollywood. I'm not fucking doing this. I'm too tired for this. God. Um, Honey, it's time for your full PM Willy Wonka. No. I, I need out of this podcast. No, we're not doing this anymore. No. Okay, so... Let's just pick up where we were. Yes. Xyloporo vores his subordinate, and... Yes, unfortunately. unfucking fortunately uh, I am into it. Like, not... Uh, okay, no, that's gonna be taken out of context. I'm not into vor. I, I am into the context of this happening because it is deeply fucked up, and it shocked me, and I was... I was just like, okay, this guy's a little freak. I'm into f- watching this little freak be a little freak because it's entertaining. And I'm clarifying that as much as possible because I don't want people to take me out of context. But uh, anyway, Uryu calls him a monster 
And Zyle's like, I'd like you to call me a genius, actually. And then he just starts walking off. And Uri's like, where the fuck are you going? And Zyle's just like, um, duh, I'm gonna go change my clothes since you, like, tore the rest of them. And Uri's like, no, you're fucking not. And he begins to chase after them. But Zyle holds out a hand and is like, "Uh, uh, uh-uh-uh. Listen, this just makes sense. You tore all my clothes. I need new ones. It's not comfortable. Just think of your next plan while I change, and I'll be thinking of ways to kill you. It's really good. (laughs) I really love this, because he's like, buddy, I can steal, like, I am an Espada, and both of you are, like, on your last legs. I can fucking kill you anytime I want, and you can't stop me. So, I'm gonna go change my clothes, to have a shower, you know, have a little refreshing snack, and, uh... Refreshing snack is a poor choice of words, Sam. (laughs) (laughs) Poor choice, or precisely picked. Both! And, uh, he's like, and in the meantime, you guys, uh, try and figure out how the fuck you're gonna beat me, because if you don't come up with an interesting plan, I'm gonna murk you. Immediately. It's fucking good. I'm really into it. This this fight's good. I I like it a lot. Uh, meanwhile, Ichigo's still in that fucking building, on the floor, surrounded by rubble. Uh, Nell quietly repeats his name, but... She looks at him and sees that his eyes are wide, open, and dead. Ichigo's fucking dead, folks. Show's over. This part feels like a completely different show. Like, just the way that Nell is animated, like, going over the rubble and, like, the way her expressions are just very, very sad slash panicked of... It just, it feels like a... It's like a Bleach show from a different year compared to the first half of this of this episode it's really good i i really like this section um she like starts crawling towards him and begging him not to die but a foot stomps down in front of her and the camera reveals that it is in fact grimjow and he tells her to move and get out of the way uh and he looks down at ichigo's body you know ichigo's dead fucking body which he kicks flipping him over to reveal a hollow hole in his chest. Uh, He has been carrying a bag this whole time, which he just, like, whips in a really quickly, really quick motion. Like, he, like, flicks it, sort of. uh, And it just, like, very quickly and fluidly releases Orihime from from the bag, because she was being carried in it, and she was bound inside of it, and her binding snapped, too. Uh, And she kneels in front of Ichigo... And says his name. And Grimjow's like, alright, heal him. <laughs> I'm like, uh, buddy? What's happening here? Uh, Orihime looks back at him in fear. And we cut to Orihime's cell. Where Okiora questions Loli and Minoli as to what the fuck happened here. Uh, and we basically get a series of like cuts between Orihime's cell and this tower where Ichigo's dead body is. Um... Nell blames herself for Ichigo's injuries and begs Orihime to heal him. Uh, She's already doing so, uh, but Grimjow tells Nell to shut up and watch. Uh, Orihime thinks to herself that there is an incredible spiritual pressure that she can't reject surrounding Ichigo's wounds. Meanwhile, Okiora asks the girls who did this, and they tell him it was Grimjow. 
Grimjow tells Orihime he's not sure if Okiwara is aware if this is a thing he does, but he always punches a hole into the prey he becomes fond of, in the same location as his own hollow hole. Which I think is an interesting tidbit, actually. It's a really cool, like, little insight into, well, not I guess not really insight, because we don't really, the, the only thing it tells us is that he was more he was more fond of Ichigo than like other enemies and I guess it's more like I he wasn't entirely 100% indifferent to Ichigo he was like hoping that Ichigo would interest him so that's like the extent of his fondness um, yeah I do. but it is interesting that this is like a behavior that he has that he doesn't even know he does yeah it's like interesting that Grimjow has picked up on it and it's like it's interesting in the way where you're watching like uh like crime show of some sort where there's, like, a serial killer who has, like, a specific, like, calling card they do, you know? Mm-hmm. So it, it's, like, interesting in that way. Um, but at this point, Grimjow says he'll teach Okiora the punishment for attacking someone else's prey. Ichigo's hand twitches, and he recognizes Nell and Orihime, as Grimjow tells them to both shut up and heal Ichigo. Uh, Ichigo asks Grimjow why the fuck he's here, and then Grimjaw's like, you shut up too. <laughs> Saying Focus on getting better. Yeah. He's like, I'm here to fucking kill you after you're healed from being dead. <laughs> Orihime is like, wait, is that why I'm healing Ichigo? And Grimjaw's like, don't fucking complain. I'm letting you heal him. And I'm like, buddy, this is a lot. You're just healing him to kill him. Buddy. Yeah, but if he wasn't, Ichigo would be would just be dead, period. This is true. This is true. Uh, he also at this point says, hurry the fuck up, because Okiwara's gonna catch on sooner, or, oh, he's already here. Shit. Well, episode's over. <laughs> this, the sequence where Grimjow is talking, and and it's like, quickly switching back and forth constantly between old Kiora and Grimjow, including a couple of, like, one or, once or twice where it's, like, one of them moves and their cloth is, like, the, it's, like, the, the scene wipe that leads us back to the other conversation. Like, it fucking rules. Yeah, it's, it's really tense, uh, in a way that I'm not used to this show being tense, and, like, I, at first, I was just, like, kind of thinking Grimjaw was being kind of annoying by just repeating, like, shut up, shut up, shut up. But then, like, I realized he was doing it out of a sense of actual urgency because Okiura was going to fucking find out. And I was like, oh, no, this is good, actually. Yeah. I- I'm into it. <laughs> yeah, it's a strong episode, honestly. Like, both halves of the episode were really good for different reasons. Um but yeah, just a really strong Bleach episode. Yeah, like, this one, I, I think, was one of the stronger ones we've had recently, for sure. Uh, what were the post-credits and manga bits like this time, Sam? So, in the post-credits, we get Yoroichi being approached while she's, like, bathing in a waterfall by Kione, who's pretending to be a fan. Well, I don't know, she might be an actual fan, but she's got, like, the whole, like idol fan gear get up where she's got like the howdy and the sashes and the headbands and like the fans she's like asking her to um give her autograph on like a a white square that kind of stuff meanwhile soifan is hiding in a tree (laughs) ready to take clandestine pics of yoroichi um who isn't covering up she just like she has a towel like 
floating mystically around her so that the camera doesn't see her ass. But she's not covering up anything in her front, and she's just, like, standing in front of Kione. Uh, but basically she just says, like, oh, sure, let me open up this marker, and then she just flicks it with her thumb, and the cap goes flying off with enough strength to knock Soifan out of the tree. <laughs> and then Yoroichi goes up to her and is like, she grabs her camera, says, you're a thousand years too early to outsmart me, and then she just starts taking multiple pictures of her off screen. And, uh, yeah, Kione and Soifan retired of <laughs> from the picture wars. This picture war fucking owns. It's the best bit we've had in a while. Like, it, it is consistently funny. I I, yeah. I do wish that, like, the, like, one thing with Yorobichi wasn't, like, you know, let's vaguely sexualize her, but it's at least not, like, super fan y and I do think it's in service of, like, a decent bit. <laughs> yeah, it is extremely funny to me that she just, tur- like, she turns around and she's not bothered in any way, shape, or form that Kione shows up while she's bathing. She's just like, oh yeah, sure, I'll just take this thing and then I'll also use it to take out the photographer it's it's the only person at risk in this scenario is the photographer it's very very good i'm really into it honestly uh what was the manga like so as for the manga we we so we don't get the extended cockroach joke oh of course we do get pesce's whole like monologue about not getting his comedy duo and uh, like his whole like little Metal Gear segment, but where he's like, you know, I kind of wish they'd notice me actually. <laughs> um, but we we just don't get like the other side where there's people freaking out about cockroaches. Uh, it's done like we immediately get the uh, fraction noticing them once Don Chaka yells at them, right? So that bit's a thing. The one thing that I think the anime added that is way better than in the manga. <laughs> because it's so goddamn funny, is when the drop of, uh, like, concentrated reishi falls down onto the seal, like, when Udyu is, like, doing his special move, uh, it just happens in one page on, uh, on the, uh, in the manga. It's not, like, the ludicrously extended, here's several back-and-forth shots of him staring at this fucking drop of water falling down. <laughs> This, which is just really funny in the anime. It's very, very, very good. I I I was thinking about that shot a lot. I forgot to add it in my notes, but it is so long. It goes on for like 10, 15 seconds of it just going increasingly fast. And I'm like, oh my god. Yeah, other than that, there's like some, you know, just overall, oh yeah, when people are, are like burned or damaged, there's, you know, there's less of it in the, in the anime. Also... And I'm going to put these images behind a spoiler, because you know how Lumina, like, turns into a little ball? Yeah. He doesn't turn into a little ball. Oh. Oh. Xyle just fucking goes to town and chomps him. Oh my god. And that's why, like, Udyu and Renji are like, what the fuck just happened? Yeah. Like, on one hand, I understand why they censored this. Uh, on the other, like, as a fan of when freaky shit happens in anime, like, this would have been cool to see animated. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, for sure. Like, this is wild. <laughs> and then finally, um, 
not really a change, because the anime does do this in order. It's just that in the manga, the part where you're seeing, like, Ulkira and Grimjow doing things, um, it's split across... So it's split across three pages, and basically on the top half of the page, you have the scene with Orihime and Grimjow talking to each other, and on the bottom half of the page, you have Ulkira talking to his subordinates and walking away. So it basically ends up being that, like, you could read these as... You can you read them in sequence, right? Because that's just how you're trained to read manga. But if you wanted to, you could entirely read, like, only one segment, and it would still make, like, a coherent, like, little narrative. Yeah, no, like, this is cool. This is very, very cool, actually. I, I like then, the way this is paced. And then it's like... All the panels are mirroring each other, so it's like, it's Orihime asking who would do something like this, it's Olkira asking who did this. Uh, Olkira and Grimjow each saying the other one's name. Uh, then it's um, Orihime looking back at Grimjow, Olkira looking back at Loli, and then both of them walking, and then just a close-up on both of their faces when Grimjow is like, that's the price you pay when you go after another man's prey, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> like just really cool pages honestly but i do think it might be my favorite sequence of shots in the anime uh, at least this season so far it's been it was like a really cool way of showing it off yeah no i i really liked how it was done in the anime honestly it it, it looks great both in the manga and the anime so like very 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 cool to see yeah um we should probably cut to break uh I might have to go do something. Well, this is unprecedented, as in probably the longest break we've taken in between two episodes of a single <laughs> Bleach podcast episode. Have, have we not done a split where we came back on a different day to record it? I don't think so. Like, I could be entirely wrong, but I don't think so. Well, good on us for not having to do that. Yeah, like, I mean, if we have, uh, I hate for this to be the podcast episode where I keep asking fans to go back through a backlog and, like, find these facts. But if somebody knows, like, if somebody knows we've done this, let us know. <laughs> I'm curious. <laughs> And then regardless of the answer, just say I'm right. Fuck off. <laughs> you can't do this to me, Sam. Hey, you know, if we're opening the floor to, like, audience requests, why not? <sighs> Whatever. Uh, should we get into your episode? <laughs> yeah, let's just get right back into it. With episode 165, The Murderous Intent Boils, The Joyful Grimchow. After five and a half minutes... Of combined title screen and recaps. <laughs> it's five and a half minutes long. I'm so glad I checked the fucking comments. Because I, I, like, checked the Crunchyroll comments, and I'm like, okay, like, is this going to be, like, a three-minute recap? How long is this one going to be? And then it was like, yo, five and a half minutes. Just go. Just fucking go. I'm like, oh, thank God. <laughs> Especially because I watched this episode this morning. I was watching this episode, like exactly i started watching this episode 30 minutes before we 
started recording, or before we were supposed to start recording, rather. And uh, so I was like, <laughs> skipping through, and I was like, come on! I don't have time for this, but at the same time, the more recap there is, the less episode there is. <laughs> it's It's so fucking much. There's so much recap. I don't... Mm. Yeah, uh, I think the what's happening is that this episode covers two chapters in the manga, and those two chapters in the manga are the start of a new volume. Okay. So, so I'm thinking what's happening is they like recognize, oh, this is the start of like a quasi arc because the uh, Bleach, as far for all one could say about some of its more um, curious timing decisions. The manga is very well, like, okay, this volume is the Grimjow stuff. This volume is the uh, Aruniro stuff. You know, with you saying that, it's almost... I, I'm wondering if, because, like, I know some people have said that Kubo has said he planned everything out, like, from the beginning. And I don't necessarily buy that. Um, but I know other people, including myself, have previously been like, I think he's just pulling everything out of his ass as he goes. But I think it would actually make a lot of sense if knowing, like, the, like, Tonkaban structure, uh, if, like, Kubo was, like, planning, uh, like, the things out in, like, a volume format to know that, you know, this shit happens in this volume, I can start planning the next volume, and, like, I have this stretch of chapters planned. Like, yeah, at the very least, by the time it hits the printers, uh, he's got his, like, little corner illustrations at the end of each chapter settled out for, yeah. okay, this is these are the ones that are happening in this volume. 100%. Absolutely. But as we start our episode, uh, Renji gets spooked because Dondachaka does not understand personal space. And, you know, they have a moment, some slapstick, and he decks him. <laughs> which leads Peshe to declare, damn... They have a real good two-man routine going on. Uryu, we can't lose to them. <laughs> God damn it. It's, it's, it's a lot. <laughs> uh, Uryu is just not interested, and he's like, look, it looks like Asaya Leporo, like, actually fucking left us, so, you know, let's get, let's just go. Renji, can you run? Let's, let's just go. We can do that, you know, we can just leave. <laughs> <laughs> Just hit the bricks. <laughs> God uh, damn it. Meanwhile, Ulkyura and Grimjow are having just, like, the most intense stare down, and Orihime and Nell are just looking on real nervously. Uh, Ulkyura is asking Grimjow, like, hey, um, wh what are you doing? What What is this? <laughs> and then he, then he stares at Orihime and Grimjow both, like, just like the most disappointed parent. Um... <laughs> To the extent that Orihime just, like, looks away from him. <laughs> God, I... So, I, I was actually texting Lin about, uh, like, our first episode uh, last night. Um, mm -hmm. And I was, like, almost wondering how, how different things could be and, like, how interesting things would have been if, in the moment, the Grimjaw was having Orihime heal Ichigo, if instead of it being, like, to fight him, if it was because he was tired of getting treated like shit, and, like, you know, he decided to help them, like, that could be really interesting. I still really like this direction, though. Like, I'm, I'm 
really glad to see like infighting uh, among the Arankar. Like, I think this shit's good. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like Grimjaw at this point, he's just like, I could answer your questions, or I could try to punch you on the face. <laughs> uh, so he goes onto the attack, and he's he's declaring that like, oh, Ulkura, you're scared of fighting me. You're scared of fighting me to the death. Uh, they clash a little bit, and then sneaking around using the smoke from an explosion, Grimjaw manages to get the drop on Ulkura, and he like puts a little cube inside his hole, his chest hole, and it's he normal. explains. It, like, Ulkira completely disappears, and Grimjaw explains to a stunned Odihime, Oh yeah, it's a thing that, like, all the Espada have, it, and they could use it to punish other hollows, because it traps them in another dimension prison forever. <laughs> but it's not really made to deal with Espada, so, like, it'll lock him away for two to three hours at best. It's like a pocket dimension, you know, but, you know, it's not completely risk-free. It, like, they, they can break out of the pocket dimension, it's fine. Exactly. Um, Arihime at this point refuses to heal Ichigo further, which immediately gets her on Grimjaw's bad side. But Ichigo forces himself to stand up and tells Grimjaw, knock it off, you're being a piece of shit. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I have mixed feelings about this part, um, because on one hand, I do think Grimjaw's a really fucking good villain in this moment. Um, like, I have enjoyed Grimjaw's screen presence throughout, uh, and I think he's nothing short of intimidating, like, throughout this whole sequence, but I do not like that it still really feels like Orihime is forced on the sidelines completely, <laughs> because, like, even though she does stand up for herself here in this moment, I think stuff throughout the episode is just like, okay, well, she, it's just going to be Ichigo and Grimjow, I guess. Yeah, like, like Ichigo's part of it, too, because Orihime doesn't get to do a choice here. Yeah. Because Ichigo also is like, all right, Orihime, like, heal me. It's fine. We're going to fight. It's going to be great. Uh, he he does also ask her to heal Grimjow, whose whole arm was, like, completely burnt uh, during his fight with uh, Ohira. And both of them just have, like, this big machismo show-off about, like, oh, I don't want you to have an advantage against me. Stop complaining and take my help. And, you know, we, we just skip ahead immediately with both of them ready to go. Yeah. Uh, like you said, I think Ichigo is part of the problem. Because it, it is, like, Orihime tries to make a decision, and then both the men make the decision for her. So, that that's as succinct as it's gonna get, really. Yeah. Um, at this point, both of them do the, let's take this fight to another location. And Ichigo activates his Bankai, like, while he's jumping away, which, you know, that was pretty cool. And then both of them get into the fight. And the battle rages. <laughs> the battle does rage. And it is pretty cool. Uh, Nell is crying, but Orihime comforts her, saying that, you know, Ichigo said he'd win, so he'll win. Nell is like, everybody fucking says this because they're scared and they're trying to convince themselves they could win. But no, 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 no. Orihime says Ichigo doesn't do that. Or he doesn't say it when he's scared. Whenever he gives that kind of declaration, it's because he's making a promise. A vow. And you can keep him to trust his promises. Uh, but, you know. 
she's saying, we gotta wait, we gotta believe in him, and her hand is, like, visibly shaking. She, she is also stressed the fuck out. I, I, I think Nell is right here, because, like, this is absolutely a fucking thing I do, which is, when I'm playing, like, Dark Souls or Elden Ring or whatever, and I'm, like, struggling against a really hard boss, 90% of the time, I will go, this is the one. Out loud. And it will never fucking be the one until the one time where it is. And I'm like, yeah, I was fucking right. <laughs> it was the one. Hell yeah. Yes, exactly. Back in the fight, Grimjow is real happy. Like, he is just ecstatic to be fighting. And he wants Ichigo to admit the same. And admit that he's, like, mad at Grimjow and wants to end him. But Ichigo is just like, bro, I'm not fighting because I want to. Like, I don't even want to be fighting you right now. He has bigger fish to fry. Like, yeah, like he just he just came here to do his thing. He just died. <laughs> uh, and Grimshaw's just like, oh my god, it looks. Are you serious? It looks like you really don't want to kill me. What the fuck is happening? Uh, they, their swords clash a bit more, and Grimshaw asks our hero, "Well, why are you here in the first place? You say it's to save Odihime, but like, you could have tried running away with her." You didn't really ask how she was or anything. Clearly, Ichigo actually came here to fight. Soul Reaper versus Hollow. Uh, I actually really like that. <laughs> Grimjaw like, points this out. He's like, you made zero efforts to try to run away. Yeah. You didn't even ask. And like, you made absolutely no efforts to be like, hey, Orihime, like, how are you? Did, did they put a bomb in you? Like, what's up? Like, are, are you good? Like, God... It's it's good. I am glad Grimjow points this shit out. And, like, I do think, like, Grimjow noticing these things, not just about, like, his own comrades, but about, like, Ichigo, even if they're, like, small details like this, like, I think that adds just, like, a little bit of interesting flavor to who he is as a person. Um, it's also just, like, he's right. <laughs> He's absolutely right. Ichigo totally did just, like, go, yeah, I'm gonna fucking fight you. So, you know, good on Grimjow, I guess. Yeah, well, like, I think it it ties into how he's got a uh, whole, like, predator theming. Because it's like, oh yeah, he the people he considers his prey, he very cl- calmly and closely, like, observes them and figures out their shit. Yes, 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 yes. Absolutely. Uh, so they keep fighting with Grimjow seeming like he's got the upper hand, and then he pulls out, like... He pulls out the blue Sero, uh, which he calls the Grand Ray Sero, that only Espada are allowed to use. But the way he does it is so fucking cool. Yeah! <laughs> he, he stabs his sword in the ground, and then runs his fingers along the blade just to give them, a, like, a little... Just a little cut... And then he flings his fingers so that the blood makes, like, an arc. And then he starts charging up the giant blue light. It's <laughs> like, damn, that looks fucking cool. This. This is bleach to me. <laughs> like, <laughs> god, it's so fucking good. Uh, Ichigo notices that, oh, um, I could dodge this, but if I do, Orihime is going to get hit and probably die. So he puts on the hollow mask and blocks it. Which is really what Grimjow had been waiting for. Like, oh, Ichigo's finally getting serious. Great, perfect. Yeah, no, it, it's good. And that, like, ends the episode, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, it's... It, it's good. I I do overall like both these episodes, actually. Um, 
which is is good to see. <laughs> Very good to see Bleach being pretty good. Yeah, like I'm I'm glad that the we're we're still hitting episodes that we're both like. Actually, yeah, no, that fucking ruled. This is this is great. Yeah, no, I I was pretty high on these. Um, God, I feel like I had something else in relation to both of these episodes, but I I do not remember it for the life of me. So I guess I want to hear about the manga and the post credits scene. So in the post credits, we've got Hisagi and Kira who just show up to the tenth of the squad barracks as soon as the door opens. Their photos taken, and Rangiku is like. Hey, model photos for me. And they're more than happy to. Uh, you know, she's like, hey, guys, t- could you do this thing for me? And they say yes. <laughs> Which, all right, feels. I feel like a couple of the ca- the other captains might have been taken in by this plan as well. Perhaps. But you see, none of the other paparazzi members are quite as smart as Matsumoto. <laughs> <laughs> So she takes a bunch of, like, shots of them goofing around, some shots of them as gangsters, taiko drumming, some of them just being, like, very manly and sweaty and fundoshi. But then she wants more. <laughs> so she starts yanking the fundoshi off of them and take keeps taking pictures. Um, unfortunately, Nanao is not appreciative of the nudes and says she can't take any of the pictures. Uh, all three of them are removed from their respective rosters. Publication banned. Thank God, because, like, while it was a funny bit, I would have been uncomfortable uh, if, like, they'd be like, yeah, we can print these, this is golden. Like, I, I would have been uncomfy if that had happened, but, like, thank God. <laughs> I feel like they could still have just taken, like, the first two or three photos that they took. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe that's why uh, the the two of them aren't on um, aren't on the list anymore. Maybe that's what it means. Maybe. Who knows? And then as far as the manga goes, it's basically all the same thing. The only thing that I really noticed is a wording difference. Um, when Grimjow says, oh, you're afraid to fight me to death. In the manga, the meaning is... A, I think the meaning is the same, but it's worded more clearly, which is, you're afraid we're going to kill each other. Ooh, okay. Because I think Okira doesn't give a shit about himself, but he would probably not want... Like, for the sake of Aizen and his plans, he probably doesn't want the Espada team killing themselves. Probably. That might be bad. And then since it's the start of a single volume that's mostly going to be covering one fight, as far as I'm aware, uh, we do have the return of little corner symbols in the at the end of chapters. Ooh, let me pull this up. Ooh, which, I, I like these. Yeah, the first two are basically just a black moon crescent getting slashed, and then a panther getting slashed. So it's like, okay, okay, I'm down with this. Yeah, I'm down with this sickness. I'm into it. And that's basically it for this episode. Well, we we managed to come back after such a long break. Uh, I want to give shoutouts to Sam here just for being so flexible, because I had surprise things come up. Um, I just want to put that on the episode, just like, thank you. I appreciate it a lot. Um, you can find the show at Bleachcast on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter at Lavender underscore pause. 
my stream schedule is shifting a bit. Uh, I'm no longer going to be regularly streaming on Tuesdays and Fridays. I'm just going to be streaming when I feel like it, and it's not going to be Guilty Gear because I burnt myself out. Uh, but probably going to be streaming Clone Hero, like Guitar Hero stuff. I'm going for full game FCs, but it's probably going to be more a casual thing when I feel like. And you can find me on Twitter at SSBSLJ. Thank you all for listening. I hope you enjoy the episode. I, I think this was a fun one. I, I think we both had a pretty good time. Energy was up. Man. Uh, stay cool, Chads. A rather awkward position, don't you think?
「いつまでも